Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today I look at the new Tom Cruise sequel to the 1986 hit, Top Gun. This one called Top Gun Maverick, co-starring Jennifer Connelly and Miles Teller. And it's been a while since we've seen a sequel as good or better than the original, so this should be fun. Plus, two things I've done in the past. I've interviewed Tom Cruise a few times, and I spent an hour once in an F.A. 18 flying over the Pacific Northwest. You are so cool. I just want to fly jets. <laughs> I'm Somalia Haley Hamilton Cogill. And for a film as big as this one, we need a big wine, and we are going big. With a wine that has a bit of a cult following, but I'm not going to tell you which one it is yet. Oh, it's a mysterious wine. Well, I'm just going to keep you in a little bit of suspense okay. because I do think that we need to just just kind of talk about the events over the last week. Well, yeah, we're going to get to the movie in a second. Both of us, you know, we've spent much of our adult life in Texas, and you know, we're not in Texas anymore. But oh my God, this this shooting in Uvalde, uh, nineteen children, two teachers. Uh, an 18-year-old shooter, and they're all gone. And and you you I I, I don't I don't think I've I've been hit hard by many of these shootings because there's so damn many of them, and it's made us so angry and so um, distressed about all of this for these families and all these people. Because you know we we talk about this in numbers like 19 children and two teachers, but that just affects thousands and thousands of people in those families. And it affects millions and millions of us all over the world. And I, I just don't, I don't understand. And we, we look at the politics of the state of Texas, and it's very disturbing to me. I just look at this, and I, they are talking around the issue constantly. Yeah. Understand the Second Amendment, but I'm not that guy that wants more guns with good guys. I'm not that guy. Well, and I, I, I just think that that it, it, it brings up the fact that you, you, you don't feel safe anywhere also no i mean we we work in a gallery that's in a mall and and that i that scares me yes it i mean this shooting that happened in tulsa you know the the it's the, uvalde was a, what two weeks after the buffalo it's like it doesn't matter where you are are you in an office building are you in a school are you in a church are you in a bank are you in, i mean what's right. going on it's and there's no there's just no there's no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, what did COVID do? It prevented school shootings for a nanosecond. Yeah. But man, let's get those kids back in school just so it's, something can happen. It's, it's just terrible. It's, it's shocking. And listen, I think the answer to me, and I'm just, you know, I don't have the answers to all of this because every situation is unique. But when you have, I mean, literally, uh, researchers at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say that guns are now the leading cause of death among American children more than cars. 
You've got to just logically look at that and say, we've got to take guns out of the hands of all these. And we'll say, yeah, but we don't have the, I don't think we have the right to own anything we want whenever we want as much as we want. I don't think that's what the Second Amendment's about. And I'm all for you having your gun and you for self-defense and go hunting. But if you want to stockpile, you know, AR-15s, I'm not for that. I just think it's ridiculous to have this. Or or just— Take away the bullets. Well, if we're you, taking if away. You have all, to have the gun, then just don't. Well, Texas don't sell took the away bullets. all the. They started. They started within right. the last two years. Governor Abbott has taken away all the rules. Like, well, it's you can it, carry anywhere. You don't need any documentation. You can do anything you want with any gun you it's want. It's the wild, wild west. It's the wild, wild west, and it's wrong. And we're the only country that it's dealing with this yeah. on and this level. And it's just shocking. But um, yeah. every I, I, and we aren't going to harp on it. We just kind of yeah. we felt it needed to be addressed. But if you know the one thing that we can continue to hear is that it's all about mental illness. And I do think that that's some of it. I yeah, also it think that, it. that there it, there's a bigger problem than just mental illness. But um, tying it back to a little bit of, <laughs> of wine, yeah, do. Um, there there I love a wine that that does something and gives back. And it's always nice if you're going to drink a bottle to to do a little bit of good also and there's a really um great winery it's called alma rosa alma a-l-m-a yes oh, okay and last name rosa r-o-s-a um it's a, from santa barbara county um we're gonna actually go visit in a couple weeks we are and, and i'm excited to go there excited to go um they they ha- do quite a bit to um kind of address and and support um, helping with mental illness, and um, they their vineyard is just stunning. And um, the beauty of of a vineyard is that it's very large, and it uh, there's nothing really better than the opportunity to walk amongst the vines. I think you know exercise is obviously one of the best things you can do, not only for your body but for your mind. And so they annually do a an event. Um, this year it's on July 23rd. If anybody in Santa Barbara County, um, that it's their uh, peace of mind walk, that um, it's it's 10,000 steps in the right direction is a fundraising walk that they do. Um, and so far from this walk, they have done in the last two years, actually, um, they've donated $345,000 wow, that's a, that's to a um, One Mind, which helps um, research causes and treatments and cures for mental illness, as well as the Mental Wellness Center. Um, they uh, are hoping that just ticket sales for this event, um, you hopefully will raise at least 70000 and they'll double that. So it's, nice. you know, it's just, it's it's a nice way to, even if, if, even if you're not um, in the area, you can certainly do a nice donation, you know, do a little bit to to help and and drink some beautiful pinot because they're really, really quite lovely. Well, that's, that's, a, that's really cool that they do that. Alma Rosa Winery wow, in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Can't wait. Yes. Okay. Let's talk Top Gun. Okay. You want to talk about this Let's movie? Let's lighten it up. <laughs> so I went, in, I went in with pretty high expectations, but it's a sequel. And I've never, ever thought that Top Gun was the greatest movie ever made. But, I, but it's iconic and it has moments where they all sing and they drink and – you know, it's that romance it's and so, Kelly McGillis, yes. and it's got all these characters, and it's got lots of memorable lines. Yes, and, and scenes. And scenes. And it's got jets and all that stuff. <laughs> and this, so the sequel comes out, and we've heard it's really—you know, they've, they've been working on this film for years, and it's been in the can for over a year because it was supposed to come out a year ago, but because of COVID and 
And they are glad they did. It made a Top Gun Maverick made 156 plus million over Memorial Weekend wow. just in America, just over 300 million worldwide this past weekend. It cost an estimated around 170 million dollars to make that film, so they've doubled their money back. So I've, I, I'm always curious on how people get paid on these things. Right. And, and Tom Cruise reportedly, I'm just uh, reportedly, I read this in, in in some of the trades that he made approximately 12.5 million upfront salary, which is pretty decent salary, mm-hmm. but not crazy. Yeah. For that, for him in this, and then he gets 10 percent of the take. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's 10% of the whole take or the first weekend or right. the first two weeks or whatever, but just let's just say it's 10% of the first weekend. He, he's doing okay. Hello. Yeah. Hello. That's a lot, of, a lot of money. So it's directed by Joseph Kaczynski. It's got Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly. It's got John Hamm in it. Yeah. It's John got, Hamm's great. It's got Lewis Pullman, who looks a lot like Bill, Bill Pullman's Pullman. son. Yeah. It's got the great Ed Harris who kind of gets the air blown, all everything blown off his face when a jet goes over his head. It's got Val Kilmer. And a really lovely. And a really lovely little little part we'll talk about. And also the music is by Hans Zimmer and Lady Gaga. Wow. Um, as I, well as iconic um, Highway to the Danger Zone opening up. <laughs> they, they do. And, they you know, they, they take the music and they trick it up a little bit. Yeah. And they – I – is this a better film than the original to you? Well, I no, be, I don't, I don't think so. But okay. I did appreciate. Yeah. Um, I appreciated it more than I thought I was going to, and it, it it's definitely an homage to the first with a with a new, you know, with new characters. There's so many scenes that are are replicated they're playing football in the sand without their shirts on instead of volleyball and they're all sweaty and all these all these you know miles teller was never very um hunky i thought and i'm like there's not an ounce of body fat in this movie no 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 and and they brought in a an actual female pilot which that's a nice thing to see and not an ounce of body fat on on her her either either. yes everybody's very beautiful and every is there the fact that that they could fly this way, and then they all just get out and walk around like everything's okay. Don't you need a second for your body to decompress and your brain to, to not be jumbled <laughs> to then, you know, make sure your wits are about you before you, would, you get out and you would let's go so. have a beer? Well, they're all just trying to keep from passing out while they're up there in, oh. those, in those, you know. But they, they, I think this is the most amount of, my, uh, most amount of accurate flying in a movie with flying jets like this ever in a movie. And, you know, all the reports and all the interviews with Tom Cruise have been how accurate they are and that they're actually up there and they're actually flying around. Now, are they flying their own jets? No, but I think Tom Jet flew. Tom, Tom Jet? I think Tom Cruise <laughs> flew one. Let's just call him Tom Jet now. Hey, Tom Well, Jet. instead of cruising, he's jetting. He's jetting. <laughs> and, and, and I think there's some moments where he's actually flying, but it, uh, it's – it's so fascinating to me and exhilarating to watch those scenes. It's impeccably made on an action level. I mm-hmm. think so. And it's corny as all get out for the first 30 minutes. But the the glue to me in this movie is Jennifer Connelly because she's, you know, she runs the bar. They've got a little past. Yeah. She's drop dead gorgeous. There's no reason she should be in that bar. Right. Running right. That bar. But she owns it. So, yeah, yeah she owns the bar. And of course, he comes in and he's handsome, and he's he's looking a little older. You know, he's looking. He looked a little 
yes, I was actually— He's starting to look his age. Yeah, which was good to see. He's I mean, a young-looking guy anyway, but you know, now he's in his mid-70s, and he's mid-50s, and he's starting to look good. I just aged him. Yeah, I was going to say mid-70s. Well, I guess I was talking about myself. <laughs> and he's just so—he's really interesting and really—it it just serves the film. You know, so who's not in this film? They do some flashbacks to the original. Well, that so was also see, kind of an interesting thing because yeah. this was filmed—or this came out in 1986. Right, the original. Pre-high-def anything. So the old film clips, like, were so— They're kind of grainy. Distorted. <laughs> like that's how we used to have to watch movies, right? And and so then they have this scene there where you see Meg Ryan and you right. you see Goose, yes, and you see all the and they, and because Goose is dad yeah. now or Goose, Goose had a son, yes, yeah, so Goose is dead. Goose is Goose is dead, <laughs> and Goose's son is Miles Teller, and yes, they he died a, in the first one. If you didn't so know, he's, we didn't ma- he's mad at Tom Cruise, and they you know they got to work it all out, right? And uh, there's not a lot of mystery to this movie. Other than you hope they stay alive because this is pretty crazy stuff and a mission that they go on. They never tell in the movie where they're going on a mission to blow up this right this and you uranium this, or this uranium plant that you think yeah, is going to destroy like the world. It's in the mountains somewhere. It's in a snowy place, and I wasn't expecting to see a snowy place. Is it in like Afghanistan in the mountains, or is it Iran in the mountains? Is it, or is it Russia? We don't know. I don't. know. They don't even want to go there. But so they the, get there on a big on a big ship. Who you don't see in this movie is Kelly McGillis. That's true. And so I read this quote, and I'll, I'll see if I can actually. So they ask her, um, Entertainment Tonight asked Kelly McGillis back in 2019 if the makers of Top Gun Maverick had, had asked her to be in the film. Because Val Kilmer's in it. He's got a short part, which we'll get to. And she said, oh, my God, no, they did not, nor do I think they would ever, she replied, almost laughing at the idea. I mean, I'm old and I'm fat, and I look age-appropriate for what my age is, and that's not what this whole scene is about. <laughs> These are all about buff, young bodies again. Yeah. And it's just kind of funny it's to me. It's a funny, yes. That's funny, funny reality of the world that we live in. So there's this scene with Val Kilmer. Well, there's a really nice, nice— because you, when the first Top Gun ended, they had kind of you know Iceman and Maverick had right. made up, and they were. I love that you know all. They're going to be buddies. Well, you know, yeah. it was that, that was my time. That was your time. Um, and that was my first year reviewing, reviewing movies for ABC. Eighty six was eighty six. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you interview them? I I I think so. Yeah. I didn't interview Tom Cruise for this, but. I think I remember interviewing the cast and Val Kilmer. Interview used to interview him a lot. Well, and so let's just talk about Val Kilmer for yeah. a second because he did do um, that documentary that we watched last year, and it's great. It's it, really great to watch and important. I think it's online, and you can watch it online or on one of the streaming services. I can't remember which one it's on. Yeah, it's called Val. Yeah, and you know his his health has taken a turn for the much worse. But he's a fascinating character and yeah. has had a fascinating life, and they show part of the relationship with him and his children. I appreciated him much more after watching that documentary. I did, I did too. And so I was hoping they wouldn't exploit him because, right. because it's not like you're going to see him act in a whole bunch of scenes. He's not playing scene. football. He's not playing football. He's got all kinds of health issues, and they use him in that way 
in the movie, in, in, and I don't want to give a, a whole lot away, you know, he's got some health issues. So Tom goes and visits him. Well, they have and, a great relationship yes. that, that comes out in the, in the course of the film, and I think that's fine to say. And it's that's a really nice thing because you wouldn't – the, the Maverick character has always been a hothead, and he, you know, he never was going to – he was supposed to – be demoted it instead. You're going to Top Gun, and, which is exactly it's like the history keeps repeating itself. Um, and so there has to be some reason. And so it's it's basically how ice men, how ice comes into the picture. No, we don't. We don't have that. We don't oh, have rights to that song. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have the rights to that. Uh, uh, so my take on the host scene with him is that the scene with Val Kilmer could have been a cliche. It could have been all these things gone wrong, and it's just the opposite. It is beautiful. It's endearing. You, uh, It's satisfying as an audience member to see what kind of conversation they have. It's different. And I don't want to tell you what it is. But it's so respectful of Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it makes me admire Tom Cruise even more. That they that he would look at that scene and you know a bad a bad movie would exploit that right and a good movie takes it subtly mm-hmm. and with respectfully profound respect mm-hmm. for the great Val Kilmer because he's had a great career and his character in this movie and it's so endearing it's mm-hmm. just neat to see I uh, did I just use the word neat. <laughs> N-E-A-T. Especially in That's relation one, to, to Neat Neat is one letter short of a wordle word. But I, I, I love that. And also, I'm going to go back to, to um, Jennifer Connelly again. Every Those scenes with the two of them together are so competent and so well done, beautifully shot. They're well acted. She's got some depth to her, and she's not taking any crap. But, she, you know— only for a little while. <laughs> and it's Tom. He's got this big smile. Half the time I think he's got to be standing on a box because he's got to be short. I know. <laughs> and, and I just don't know how all this works out. But darn it, I think he's really good in this film. I think he's – I turned to you about halfway through the movie and I said, Tom Cruise is acting his socks <laughs> off in this movie. It's just it, – and it's a movie that 30 minutes into it starts to fly, starts to really get going. And once it gets going, it's really good. It's it's a satisfying movie. Most sequels are not satisfying. Most sequels open the door to a part three. Right. And this is not about that. It just is – it works. Yeah. And and the, Miles Teller is great in it. There, John Hamm's really good in it. So do you like this one better? I think it's a better film than the first one. But the problem is – I'm not going to compare. These are not Star Wars. I'm not going to compare The Empire Strikes Back to the first <laughs> Star Wars film. They'll never be the charm and the amazingness of what it's like to see a first film. Yeah. And an iconic pop culture movie like Top Gun. And, uh, you know, but is it better made? Yes. Is, are the flight sequences better? Is it better written? I don't know. Um, One thing I did appreciate, though, they, they certainly. Um, the the end of the movie when they go on their big mission there's a lot of damage but this film was an action film that didn't have collateral damage in it right. like you didn't destroy an entire city to save one person they can, they destroyed a few jets well yeah but yeah. that's a but most big action films and 
They'll take out a building. They'll take out and they'll take out populations to save one to, person. To save one person. And the Marvel movies do this all, all the, time. the time. And it's I, I get it. That's a that's a different kind of film. But right. it was it was nice to see an adrenaline film an, an adrenaline filled film that didn't kill a lot of people. (laughs) And it's very respectful to the military. I mean, it came out of Memorial Weekend, and I I think that's like a really, you know, I'm not, I don't wear flags for clothes. Some people do. I think it's weird. But I'm as patriotic as anybody else, and I get teary-eyed during a flyover and to sing the national anthem, and I put my hand over my heart. If you don't, you don't, but I do. And but man, that was really respectful of the military mm-hmm. and of the Air Force, and it's just—it's really—it was a—it was a—it was a nice thing to see, of just to get it right rather than, oh, you know, well, that was kind of like the original, but no, it's a hell of a good film. Yeah, it was great. It's really, really worked. Yeah. Let's. So we two thumbs up on on Big Top Gun Maverick. Two thumbs. Yeah, it, it, it's. I, I think it's well worth the ticket. And, you know, I will watch this at home again and turn up the sound when it starts to stream at some point. I'm glad they released it in theaters, so it's going to make a billion dollars. When we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, Haley's going to share this mystery wine that we were just talking about a little bit ago. And we'll talk more about Tom Cruise and my experience of flying in an F-A-18, not with Cruise, but with a real pilot from the Blue Angels. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. So we are going to now pair Top Gun Maverick. Okay, so— I just love pairing wine with movies. and We give you this big, giant movie. Here's Top Gun Maverick, Haley. <laughs> and then you give us wine. It's so fantastic. So the wine that, that we're pairing with Top Gun Maverick did, um, their first year was also the year that the original Top Gun released. So 1986 was their first year in business. At the 2000 Auction Napa Valley, auction Napa Valley um, event, a six-liter imperial bottle of this wine, a 1992 wine, Sold for $500,000. What? A half a million dollar <laughs> bottle of wine? Literally, really? Literally, yes. I mean, it was a big one. It's a six liter, but. Well. So it was a bottle of 1992 Screaming Eagle. Screaming Eagle, it had to be. So um, Screaming Eagle, I think it's just a, a fascinating story. Um, it's Oakville District of Napa. Um, began in 1986 by a former real estate agent, a gentleman named uh, Gene Phillips. And it's 57 acres of vines. Annual production is around 500 cases. Um, Screaming Eagle makes two of the most expensive wines in in the world. Um, Cabernet is obviously a very expensive one. the average price of the Cabernet is about $3,600. That's for a brand new? But wow, the Sauvignon Blanc, so yes, a white wine, is actually average priced around $6,000. $6,000 for a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. Crazy. Um, so in 2006, Phillips sold Screaming Eagle to Charles Bank and Stan Kronicky. Does that name sound familiar? Kronike. 
Kronicki is the guy on CNN that wears khakis. No, that's not him. <laughs> so supposedly the the sum that he sold it for was around $30 million. In 2009, Banks was bought out. So the, and I, and I believe I'm saying his last name correctly, Kronicki, um, he's a billionaire. A few other things that he owns are what? the LA Rams. Oh, he's the owner of the Rams. The Denver Nuggets. The Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids, and the Arsenal Football Club in the UK. And this was a couple of years ago, so he might have acquired a few more things, but he might have sold a few things. But yeah. that was that's kind of what he's doing. He also uh, married an heiress to Walmart. <laughs> um, he ma- married one of the Waltons. Yes, and um, <laughs> Good night, John Boy. Good night, and, billionaire. And in addition to all of that, he owns. Two of Santa Barbara County's most prestigious wineries, um, Janata, as well as the the Hilt. And from fruit from both of those, he also has Paring, that is the wine that they pour at um, all the in the stadium where the Rams play. Yeah, what's wow. it called? What's that stadium called? Oh, SoFi Stadium. Yeah, SoFi yeah. Stadium. That's like the 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 house pour. The house pour. Are these cute little cans of <laughs> wine in a can? Of, of, but it's actually it's really good for for yeah. canned wines. It's actually really as canned wines go. As canned wines go, it's because it's made from really good fruit. Get your can can can. So um, I thought that was a fun, um, very big pairing for a very big film. I'm still trying to wrap my head around Screaming Eagle because we know we know a guy. He came over to our house for dinner one night. Yes. And it's escaping me the movie that he made, but it was one of those like a food documentary. And, you know, he made it for uh, what? I don't know what it spent, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars on it. But in order to get it, maybe more than that. Probably but, more than that. But in order to finance the film that he made, I remember having this discussion around our dinner table. He sold a vertical of Screaming Eagle. Right. And to like, finance it. And I think he had two or three of them. I think like he did. Two or three verticals. So he, right. So he probably kept one. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, that's a, probably a quarter million dollars probably Absolutely. For, for at least. At least. At least for that. For or the, or back the time, then. Right. Yeah. Right. But to sell wine to finance a movie, that's expensive wine. And also, do they make a lot of Screaming Eagle no, every year? 500 cases. That's it. Yeah. It's tiny. But that's, and it's months and months and months to even try to be considered to be put on the allocation list. Or years. You couldn't even get on that. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, there's got to be 500 people in the world that want that so bad. Absolutely. And then there's another 5,000 that want it. But who can actually afford it? No, $6,500 bottle. But as we know that if you just hang on to that and sell her that wine, it just becomes more and more and more. It's an it's pretty much an investment. Absolutely. Well, yes, yeah. you can finance a film with it. Have we had Screaming Eagle? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever tasted I it. I haven't. Harlan. We've had yes. a lot of Harlan. Not a lot, but. We've, yes. And we've had some pretty big wines, yeah. And Scarecrow. And yes, yes. I mean, we've had, we, we've had the opportunity, Donna, we've had the opportunity to drink um, that Abacus from yeah. CD. We've had to. Oh, and, yeah. and at her house. Now uh, we're just dropping names. Oh, we're, well, the 100 point wine that we started that, that day with up, up on top Colgan. of. Colgan. 
and, and Colgan's house. house, yes, and Robin Lales, the Jay Robin Daniel, Lales. and yes, I mean, and we've had the opportunity to drink. Now we're just name dropping. But, but it's but it's not that people just come over to our house with a bottle of screaming. <laughs> no, we don't get to just drink thousand dollar bottles. That's a good name for a sports franchise. Yes, it is. The screaming. I'm surprised Eagles. we don't have that one yet. That, that would. <laughs> he must be planning that. Okay, so I had this. Uh, can we talk about Tom Cruise a little bit more? Sure. So I'm just going to name a couple of. Uh, I'm going to run through a bunch of names because this just will make everything pop in people's minds. Taps, The Outsiders. The Outsiders is a big film that made a lot of people famous. Yes, a lot of young kids famous. The color. Patrick of Mo- Swayze was in it. Patrick yeah. Swayze was in that. Yes, yes, he was. The Color of Money. Rain Man, Born on the Fourth of July, Risky Business, Days of Thunder, which is hilarious and funny and crazy, Cocktail, that's a guilty pleasure for me. Love Cocktail. Far and Away, directed by Ron Howard. Magnolia, maybe the best performance ever by Tom Cruise. Uh, a Few Good Men, directed you by Rob Reiner. The, the Firm. Jerry Maguire, he's he's. You had me at hello. <laughs> Nobody else could say that again. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. What a crazy film. What a crazy film. Vanilla Sky. Mission Impossible movies. Collateral. When Collateral comes on, if it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I'm channel flicking and about to go to work or something and it comes on, that's a stop-down movie for me. The Last Samurai is a really good film, and he's really good in it. Edge of Tomorrow was – that's John Krasinski's wife, Emily Blunt. That's that oh, sci-fi that's right. film, and that one, one kind of worked for me. Yeah. Our, our buddy Bill Paxton, the yes. late great, God bless him, Bill Paxton is in that. I just read off a bunch of movies that most actors on the planet have not been in that many good movies. Yeah, most, and and you got to get into a, a, a big time actor. He's really good, and he's been in a ton of them, and he's been kind of the sidekick in a lot of them. You know, uh, Dustin Hoffman wins the Oscar for Rain Man. You know, Paul Newman wins the Oscar, you know. Color of money. There's all kinds of just different things going on there. Born on the 4th of July is so good and and made in Dallas. Um, I, I, I think that's a, a, an amazing career. So I've interviewed him a few times. And the first time was for Far and Away, the Ron Howard-directed film. Because Tom never did interviews. So I interviewed him and Nicole together. And my whole memory of that whole foggy, weird experience is that she was – completely shut down almost like a robot and he was animated but kind of controlling and i knew a lot about scientology at the time and in the corner was two scientologists from you know that travel with him probably in the upper echelon of scientology uh not controlling anything but just there in case i ask any questions and he needed some answers that he didn't know it was all very weird that's so weird and then they got divorced and then all of a sudden i'm interviewing her from moulin rouge and it's her first time single and that i I mean i'm tickling her toes she's flirty (laughs) she's swearing she's completely free it was the it was the coolest experience and then a little bit of time goes by and Tom Cruise comes to Dallas and I go to a hotel room. And, you know, I've been reading – I read up Wait on, a second. You, yeah. you, you go to a hotel I, I room got, with, I go to the mansion. Rooms. I go to the mansion on Turtle Creek. And Are you doing an interview in I'm a room I'm doing an at interview with Tom Cruise. <laughs> Thanks for, for setting this up for me. And, and the studios have the entire fourth floor and there's security guards there. And uh, and I go up and I'm standing in the hallway waiting to go into the room that I think he's in. But here he comes down the hallway and he's yelling my name, Gary, Gary, great to see you, great to see. And he shakes my hand and he's an overshaker. He shakes it so hard. 
like, I don't know Tom Cruise that well. I don't, yeah. That he would, you know, somebody read off on his sheet, Gary's next or something like that. And then so I said something slightly funny. I don't remember what I said. And I think he laughed so hard I thought he was going to fall on the ground and hurt himself. He's an overshaker and an overlaugher. And then we go into the room and we're sitting down and he had recently been divorced, you know, from Nicole and he has kids. And I remember saying to him, every time I asked him a question about a movie, it was kind of rote memory. He would give me a really good answer and look at you. He's very engaged. He's over animated. He's trying real hard. Yeah. But it's everything I've ever heard on a talk show before. So I just stop him in the middle of the interview and said, can we just talk as guys for a minute? And he goes, guys, guys, yeah, throw it at me, throw it at me, guys, guys, yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm a divorced father with two children, and now you're a divorced father with two children. But I assume dating for you is a little different than it is for me. <laughs> and he looks at me, and he bursts out laughing. And he goes on for about five minutes trying to explain it's exactly the same thing. And I said to him, Tom, what do you do? Do you pick – do you do – you, get nervous to call a girl? And he goes, oh, yeah, I get real nervous. And I go, no, you don't. And I said, what do you do? Do you pick up the phone, hang it up, pick it up, hang it up, pick it up, hang it up, and then ask her out and they get real nervous? And what, do you want to go to a hockey game, you know, or something like that? And he goes, he gets on a private jet and flies to yeah, some island on, on a first date. And it's just so, he's so intense. But I really, I, the Scientology stuff aside, because I think it's nuts, that I think that's so cultish and so crazy and so, so crazy. weird, and I won't have anything to do with it, and I'm, uh, you know. Uh, but aside from all that, um, he's becoming more and more engaging lately and more and more interesting to me lately as he gets older, like a lot of actors do. And then the last thing I just want to say, because I, I had this, I'm hosting a TV show in Seattle, and they call me in one day and say, and say, will you, will you go up in an F-A-18 and fly with the Blue Angels? And I went, I want to fly jets. <laughs> so I learned something really fast. You get all of your ego out of the way. I'm hosting a TV show. We've got cameras in the cockpit. They're taking, you know, two local people that are in the media up for a flight. And this one guy goes before me, and then it's my turn. And I trained for about an hour and a half. I had Velcro stuck to me about eight different pockets, and all of them had barf bags attached to them in case I throw up. <laughs> and they they threaten your life to not throw up on the instrument panel in front of you. It's a two-seater, so the pilot's up front, or I'm up front, and the pilot's in the back. And he's talking to me, and he's, it's yes, sir, no, sir. And I've heard stories of guys that get on those planes that go, uh, you can't make me throw up. And you're throwing up in nine seconds, like in a nanosecond. And it takes off just right above the ground. And then it hits a wheelie and goes straight up to 10,000 feet in about five seconds. And I'd never, you know, I look like the three stooges in outer space. My face is all contorting. They teach you the hook maneuver where you go hook, hook, and you just start pumping air into your lungs. And, and the pilot's doing it, too, and it keeps you from passing out when you're pulling Gs. No, I didn't pull nine Gs or <laughs> six Gs. I think we pulled five, four See, or five. See, we never saw anybody doing the hook in Top Gun. <laughs> they weren't. But they know all – if you said the hook maneuver to them, they would know that. And I didn't throw up. And it turns out that the pilot that I went up with me connected back to Dallas at some point, took up Emmett Smith, and he just barfed over the whole thing. <laughs> 
said, Emmett Smith didn't last five minutes. <laughs> I said, all right. I did it. But boy, there's a couple of scenes where I'm just like talking and I'm woozy. And Because and, and, your vision goes down. Did you, and, did down you black out? Pin. I, it started blacking like this, got like this. I'm hooking, I'm hooking, I'm hooking, and then it came back out. Never passed out. So Fascinating. Uh, euphoric experience, one of the greatest experiences of my life. I think I have it on a VHS tape somewhere. <laughs> it probably, it's probably around somewhere. I think Tom Cruise is good, and I think this is a good film. And I can't, and I think that I can't wait to see the new Mission Impossible film. Well, in the grand scheme of of remakes or or number twos, yes, I agree. I think it was a. a There's a not super very many, very many of those. You know, Godfather. It's not Godfather two. No, and it's not uh, Empire Strikes Back. Right. We're not on this level. No. In the grand scheme of sequels that are as good. Yeah, it's there's probably only ten or fifteen, and that's the other thing. How many people? How many? Or if uh, even that many. With especially looking just at that old footage, um, there. This is a brand new film. A lot of people don't know that 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 this is. I mean, they know it's a remake because everybody yeah. says, or it's a sequel because everybody says it. But it's this is a brand new film too. It's a brand new film to you know a good majority of of people that are going to see films now. And about every two minutes, they do an homage to the original. Yes, which I appreciated. Okay. Okay. That was fun, wasn't it? Yes, good okay, show. let's move on. <laughs> By the way, um, I just want to say this. Thanks for flying jets with me and going to the movie theater and see <laughs> We haven't been back to movie theater very much. Right. And it was pretty much sold out, and there was a lot of people there. So It was good to see a full theater. It was good. Next week on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, we take a closer look at a new documentary directed by the great Ron Howard. It's about Chef Jose Andres and his nonprofit to feed people during times of war and natural disaster. The film currently playing on Disney Plus is called We Feed People. But for now, check out our website, Cogill Consulting, for more on what we discussed today and to see what we're drinking now. Follow me through my website, redwinewithbreakfast.com. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film. A perfect pairing. Aloha. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.